Hello and welcome to the 250, the po- <clears throat> Gonna try that one more time. Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where we spend far too long in our rooms working on personal projects while everyone else is out having fun. I'm Douglas and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? Uh, hello and welcome to the Coughcast, the Frog in the Throat cast. God. That's, that's right, 250, it's the Flemcast edition. The- <laughs> We're both you making weird throat it. noises. We- <laughs> We're delivering. We supply it. <laughs> If this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020. God, that seems like such a long time ago now. And we have begun watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie is number 132, Howl's Moving Castle. When a young hat maker is cursed to take on the body of an old woman, she heads out into the countryside and stumbles upon a wizard named Howl who tries to help break the spell. Isn't a hat maker just called a hatter yeah but I, that's like yeah that's also like a separate thing people would call people hatters you know like the mad hatter thing yeah yeah it's it, people like hatters would go nuts because one of the chemicals they used to prepare f- i think felted products was like oh, carcinogenic like or a neurotoxin it. Oh, or something. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> so they you went work bonkers. with it long enough and you go cuckoo. Oh, I had no idea. That's why wow. I avoided that term. <laughs> it's not really like a big issue, I don't think. But yeah, I'm just no, like, no, no, yeah. no. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, there you go. House Moving Castle was written <laughs> directed by Hayao Miyazaki, which is uh, the big man himself behind uh, Studio Ghibli. Ghibli, depending on what region of the world you're from. Um, Studio Ghibli is known for Ponyo, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, which we had two weeks ago. Uh, what else have we had in the 250? Nausicaa and... We had four of them. The Thing in the Sky. Laputa. Uh, Laputa, that's it. Castle yeah. in the Sky. <laughs> the Thing in the Sky. The Thing um, in the Sky. And then it is based on the book by Diana Wynne-Jones. Uh, Jonathan has not seen Howl's Moving Castle before, and this is probably about my... 10th or it's in the double digits the amount of times i've seen this movie so what was that what was that surprise there that bit of surprise you've watched you've consumed so much eastern animation but i just didn't realize that studio ghibli was such a like a a gap in your massive gap because by Mm. the time we got to start in the podcast i was like i think i like to watch the ghibli films and i checked the list i'm like they're all (laughs) in here (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'll put it on I just want to point out, ah, this is probably true. our quickest time to trivia as well. Uh, in the, directly after the description, how's that little bit of Hatter trivia for you? It's yeah, not trivia about shit. the movie, it's just I, general but, trivia. Yeah, yeah, just general trivia, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the, you're getting, as a part of the, the Flemcast edition, uh, you're also <laughs> getting some uh, advanced trivia, some, some trivia <laughs> uh, push right to the front just to, to keep you, keep you engaged. Don't fucking, don't switch podcast, you motherfucker. <laughs> don't change it, don't touch that dial. I know there's a true crime podcast that you've downloaded and you're waiting to listen to it, but just hold on. We've got some shit to say about the house. Yeah, we're going to show you some, if, in the next 40 minutes, you're going to experience some true crime. <laughs> <laughs> Crimes against humanity, crimes against cinema. Um, no, I love this fucking movie. There's a reason I've watched it in the double digits amount of times, because I just, yeah, I think it is the first Studio Ghibli movie I watched. Ah. I watched, I realised when I was watching it this time, in my head, it's been ages since I've watched it, but I've I've watched it many times throughout my childhood. I realised that I actually ended up watching the Disney dub version for like pretty much every single time that I've watched it, I've watched the Disney dub version. Because I went to go watch the version with subs and just everything felt wrong. Like, it just, nothing, like, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't hitting that, like, you know, when you watch a movie that you really know and it's, everything is just kind of, it all goes, like, where you want it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." (laughs) But it just, that wasn't happening for me. So then I I swapped it over um, to when uh, Sophie turns into an old woman, I swapped it over to the English dub and then Gene Simmons comes through and just immediately I was like oh there <laughs> she is that's what it was there we are we're back so this is one of the rare occasions I guess where I really fucking recommend the the Disney dub version as much as I do the subs I think they're largely pretty good like I 
you know, I think- You had a- Pete Doctor behind them, which uh, Pete Doctor was, at the time when they were doing all of the dubs, Pete Doctor had pretty much, like, just done Monsters, Inc. Like, he was fucking- he was clapping cheeks as mm. far as, like, <laughs> kicking goals and the- uh uh, the animated industry. So, Clapping I mean, those like, animation also, cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, you say, you have to say the term direction very loosely, you know, like it's what Peter Doctor is doing here is like rocking up to a project that is already 75% complete and already amazing. And you just have to kind of point at people and go, mm, do that one again, do that better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, there's still definitely a point of, like, the direction, uh, the importance of, I guess, of direction in, in an animated film is still huge. And and even if it's just- Translating yeah, it's, the message and keeping it genuine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to make sure- To the original the intent. Voices original sound yeah. right for what's on the screen and, yeah, what And the- it matches the animated time that they actually have as well. I watched a brief little piece on my- This is another one where I actually have a Blu-ray for the film. So I had some uh, behind the scenes bits and bobs that I was able to watch and I watched a little tidbit of Pete Doctor talking about the the process and he said that one of the biggest challenges was how do you get a amount of information that's this large I'm doing this doesn't translate to podcast how do you get two feet. <laughs> an that's amount two, of Douglas is holding his hands about 60 centimeters apart Yep and then how do you how do you get that into Yeah that's about 10 centimeters I think <laughs> about the width of his glasses yeah 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 how do you how do you how do you get into that so he said that that was one of the biggest challenges as far as translation and then also like retaining a level of appropriate pacing and like how quickly the actors have to speak their dialogue etc etc so there's a lot of thought that kind of went into it and you can tell in the behind the scenes stuff like that was recorded pretty much as the process was happening he was scared shitless. He knew how big the film was and how like much reach this would have. And he's fucking terrified. Like he really wanted to make sure that the message was conveyed as genuinely as it was in the in its original language. And fucking with the cast that he got, I think, yeah, no one better. It'll be fine. I think I think I mean, if anyone is gonna do a good adaption, the problem is I haven't listened to any of the dubs, but mm. This is definitely one where I could recommend rewatching it with the Disney dub because Gene Simmons just brings such fucking life to Sophie. There's there's such a quality that she has in her voice that just, I don't know, it really hits a real gooey sweet spot for me where I'm just like, old lady, (laughs) she's cool. (laughs) The only, okay, hot take. uh, The only voice that I don't like in the Disney dub is Christian Bale. A lot of people. Okay. Well, this a was lot what of people you, I remember you bringing this up on the- uh, When did I bring it up? Like a couple of weeks last ago. Last episode. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I remembered, or I've seen a lot of things where people have said that Christian Bale is a part of the reason why Howl is so hot. And I, at, at times I'm like, there are little glimmers where I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's getting it. He's getting it. But it's just not- Bale's voice doesn't feel effeminate enough for me. At the time that he was doing this, he was also doing the Batman, just as a frame oh, of reference. Oh, wow, okay, okay. And I feel like he d- he does the voice. He does the- <laughs> He does that He does that voice. There's a there's a scene where he does the, the voice, and I went yeah. and looked it up in the trivia, and it was like, yeah, he was practicing the Batman voice, and he just went, looked at his toolbox and went, hey, this is a thing that I can do, and that applies to this particular situation. I'm going to fuck whack it in here. <laughs> It just, it's very, it doesn't, his voice doesn't quite line up with Hal for me. But then I'm like, who in 2005 could you have got? Yeah, to do sexy that little instead? twink man. Who's all, yeah, who's just, all, I just wanted a little bit more like femininity to it because he's such a 2005 Howl- movie actor twink. <laughs> Hot button? No. <laughs> That's not going to come up with anything, Jonathan. Thomas Brody Sangster. Oh, okay. Uh, he's, wait, he was 15. <laughs> <laughs> he's the uh he's one of the guys from the maze runner he's that dude who's oh. still he still looks really young he's funny oh no shit baby face like me yeah. uh too it, young yeah to no play yeah way too young way too young like that's the other thing like you need a level of maturity and manliness to him still but how is a he presents himself in a very effeminate way so finding that balance i don't think bale quite 
got that. But yeah, the rest of the the rest of the fucking voice cast are fucking immaculate. You get you got fucking Billy Crystal. Man, literally just did Mike Wazowski, like <laughs> riding the coattails of like one of the most iconic fucking uh, animated characters in Disney history, and he just fucking coaxed straight into House Moving Castle and does a cute little fireball boy. Ah, I love him. He's the best. Uh, Gene Simmons, where he uh, fucking preached the high heavens about her. Um, you get uh the guy who ends up playing. The male love interest in the Hunger Games stuff. He he voices uh, the little boy. Peter. Um, ma- or the other guy. Yeah, P E T A. That's right. Peter. Um, he voices Markle. Is it the the little boy? Oh oh yeah. You, I mean, you can't fucking sense, tell. Was- he just he just sounds like young boy. But I think like I think the Hunger Games was like early 2010s, so there's a bit of there's a bit that of tracks. Yeah yeah about yeah five more years and he would have yeah coasted into that makes sense. But yeah, the voice, the English voice cast is great. It's I love it. Everyone just hits their little mark very nicely. Also, Gina Malone voices one of Sophie's sisters, which I was like, oh, okay, very good. And Lauren McCall voices the Witch of the Waste. Lauren McCall was a very iconic actress throughout the forties and probably like seventies. I want to say um, she like established herself in the forties and then did lots of like very kind of recurring-y kind of characters in the 70s. She was one of, like, the ones I know her for was from the 1974 Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. where um, that was directed by Sidney Lumet, Lumet, which is, like, th- that film kind of was what established Murder on the Orient Express as a, like, a screenplay that just happens every now and then, and you just get, like, a whole bunch of really good actors in a room or a studio. You just film it. You just do it. So, yeah, Lauren McCall's fantastic. She she brought a really cool kind of flavor to The Witch of the Waste as well. Mm. Well, I I can't Sorry, comment on you, any of you this. can't make any comment on that. <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to get all that out there because I think that dubs get a bit of a bad rap and I think that this is one of one dub that I in my personal opinion you shouldn't miss and don't like turn up your nose at it just because it's a dub. So, yeah, this is this is something I was a little interested in. There's two Sophie actors. In the English There dub. is, in the English dub, but only one in the uh, original Japanese. film. Japanese. Uh, she just throws her voice when she- uh, Yeah, which did sound woman. a little funny in what is young Sophie originally, mm. but then I think once- it, it, it It's- Yeah, I don't know- Maybe that's how- what threw me so much, because I was so used to Gene Simmons's, like, performance. Because, yeah, you got Emily Mortimer as the young Sophie- who plays a recurring character in Friends, I very promptly realised, but she sounds nothing like it in the film, thank fuck. And then, yeah, they swap over to Gene Simmons, and I'm wondering whether, because there is that clear audio distinction between those two characters, whether that just made my brain gel better. Because it got to the bit where she transforms, and then I was like, I can hear that it's still the same voice actor, and I just like, I was like, yeah, like, I, it's it's there, but it's just not, I'm not like, fuck yeah, Sophie, I love Sophie! So, and I remembered having that feeling, like, all the time. Every time I watched the film, I was always, fuck yeah, old Sophie. She kicks ass. She's the bomb. And it's just Gene Simmons. It's just Gene Simmons. I, yeah, it only bugged me in the beginning. And and then, like, later on in the film, with kind of more of that voice actor, uh, not to spoil anything that happens in the film, Douglas, but Mm. Uh, um, uh, it 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 fit it fit in the end. It was just, and I think probably watching back, I wouldn't have an issue now if I wasn't to watch it again in, mm. with the original Japanese audio. Uh, what do you think of uh, Howl? How was Howl in the sub? Uh, fine. Fit fit Good. the visual or not? Quite? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Ah, cool. um, <laughs> Great commentary, yeah, yeah, Thank no, you. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no, nothing like. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it blew my top off or if I was just enjoying. I did. I did notice, like once again, uh, the the classic, most basic two five zero commentary. John, no, no, Jonathan metric. Uh, did oh. I check my watch during the film? Ah, no. yes. No, I was just. I was pretty, pretty uh, absorbed by the experience. It, mm. it interestingly felt longer than a two hour. I think. I think the. It just moves very quick with a lot of stuff. Like, it did feel- Not that I was fatigued, but I was like, there's things going on. I'm like, surely we're like- Farewell through we're now. We're plodding along a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. The and, film- no, And then I'm like, oh, we're only like- This is like 40 minutes in or whatever. Um, it's- 
but but yeah, not not a bad thing. There's a lot going on. I did get lost, and maybe we can talk about some story stuff. Uh, we'll have a chat about story stuff later. But yep. um, God, that's just some weird like late reviews. Um, but I think it just like any Ghibli film as a visual auditory experience, it's great. It's got a yeah. You know what you're getting in for. Yeah, yeah. And, the and vision can, is so strong. And I think I think it was just that some, something something story wise didn't click for me, and it's probably something really stupid. And we'll we'll, we'll sort of we'll, yeah yeah I'll figure it out in the spoiler zone any, when we're not going to yeah, ruin our, yeah. ruin anyone else's experience. But uh, yeah, no, it's so I think this is the first digitally animated. I don't know if it's digitally animated purely, but. There's, there's, there's obviously you can see it from there's a couple of shots one. where you're like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. everything's a little bit more fluider flu, flu, fluid fluid there's some tweening some other yeah yeah there's the titular moving castle is it's got that paper doll Terry Adobe, Gilliam I, Adobe it's Terry Flash Gilliam. animation that's, that's the only that's all that comes to mind it's just Terry oh, Gilliam Gilliam. Monty Python. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. He's, he's responsible I, for all of, like, the Monty Python animated bits. Absolutely. Someone fucking, like, tell me if they know what this is actually called. But this- I, I've always- I've heard it referred to as paper doll animation. And it's this mm, sort of, like, mm. moving- Like, it, like nothing really- layered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything looks like flat pieces that are moving around. Um, sometimes they're sliding. Sometimes they're just, like, rotating on each other. They might be changing in size or scale, but they're still clearly, like, a flat object, uh, which is fine. Um, that's what they used for the, the castle. And also, there's things like- there's a section where the, they're going over a bridge and the bridge is sort of, like, falling away over the quote-unquote horizon line in a way that's, like, that would be an absolute clusterfuck to do by hand. You'd have to be mm. doing all these separate, um, you know, cells for each one. But if you did it digitally, you just need a flat plane for the ground and a flat plane for the the handrail on this bridge and then you just like ass- assign them to this kind of rolling 3d model object mm. and bob your uncle away you go so i whereas everything i don't think it's it's definitely not a big negative because it also comes out that you get yeah some very smooth like hyper hyper sharp visuals uh to this i think the film is also maybe animated at a higher frame rate than something like yeah, Douglas wasn't paying attention. There's I got, a kind of no, things no, no, that- I'm just saying I got no idea. I'm shrugging because I have no fucking idea. I can't, yeah, make a commentary on it. <laughs> this is the kind of things that I look for, Douglas, all right? Yeah, you yeah. Can, and you I'm, can do I'm glad you little, do. little, like, silly actor things, Douglas, but I'm in- <laughs> I'm in freaking- He's uh, talking about the specs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and great mats as well, like- and and also like the integration of the mats with the the cells is like works really mm. well in like mm. in that you don't really notice them. I think yeah. it's probably just due to if you're sitting in the digital space, you can go, okay, we've got these black outlines. Let's just make them a dark grey, or suddenly they don't stick out anywhere near as much, and they sort of mesh with the whole thing. You look at a bunch of stills from this, and you're like, oh, you, like you can tell where cells are, where, but not yeah. really. Mm. Um, plus it's, it's also not bleedingly like, oh god, there's the cell. Yeah, you can also get away with things like Calcifer, who is a you know, translucent character. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be impossible with with true like hand drawn cell animation, but it would not have been fucking easy. easy. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, digitally, you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> there you go, and it's sorted. Yeah, <laughs> and click, click, and done. Bob's drunk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, nah, the animation is, yeah, t- uh, stands the test of time for me. Like, there's so many beautiful bits of scenery. The, the, the vision is just so strong at how mm. Miyazaki lays out this world and then also keeps it very consistent as far as, like, uh, it's a Studio Ghibli movie. There's an anti-war message in it. <laughs> so, um, how he establishes that and then, yeah, keeps it consistent the whole way through where you're never going like, who the fuck are, what are these guys again? Who are they? Sorry. It's, it's very clearly side A, side B to mm. the war, which makes it very digestible for just an audience in general, but also for younger audiences that might be watching the film. There's, there's a very clear kind of contrast between those, those two warring sides. Mm. And then, yeah, just the main characters themselves are just such fucking masterclasses in character design. Like, Hal himself is just fucking 
And then the sound design that's behind Howl as well. Like the the one of the first sequences where we get to see him, he's walking along with Sophie and there's no soundtrack that's really playing in that moment. And you just hear the light little jingles of his jewelry and stuff, oh. like his earrings and his necklaces and stuff. And it's it's so light. It's so like just a feather touch of sound design. But I'm like, oh, crisp. I love it. It just it just adds to that atmosphere of Hal and the you know the the mis- mystery soft emo boy with one functional <laughs> brain cell <laughs> that everyone just loves fuck me dead Hal is not a perfect being like a perfect person but uh he's a very interesting character to study uh don't bloody jump into the spoiler zone too quickly Douglas far out yeah I won't well yeah talking about I'll pump those brakes sound it's, it's interesting I didn't really notice that not that I was like oh man I'm really begging for some fucking uh, <laughs> solely in this I think yeah. I just sort of I think I just sort of uh, absorbed it and didn't really um yeah yeah really got into it the soundtrack as well like oh, Merry Go Around a Life is like an obsc- I didn't realize how obscenely beautiful song how iconic that track is until you're oh. like oh my god and they and he knows it he knows it too he uses that melody so fucking often yeah. <laughs> throughout the soundtrack but I, I actually got the vinyl this is one of the few movie vinyls that I have putting on the vinyl you get a lot of the merry-go-round of life melody, naturally. It, because you're just listening song after song after song after song, back to back to back. But the way that the film plays out, there are quite large swaths of silence before mm. you get that melody again. And it's all plotted in such a pitch-perfect way that you just forget the melody and you just, you're like, ah, oh, like, it's, well, I haven't had any music in a little bit. And then fucking Joe Hasashi slides in on a fucking piano on a wheelie chair and dun, 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 and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> I think it's, it's maybe- It's so perfectly calculated. Yeah, you hear it a lot, but I think it's still only maybe a third of the tracks use that motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm. and and they also, most of them aren't using them, the whole thing, you know, they're not like, okay, we just pulled the whole fucking entire melody out. It's like yeah, the, yeah. the kind of guts of the melody and then they'll sort of- It's that like- It's that eight note melody, no, nine note <laughs> melody. <laughs> Oh, the tactile experience of watching Douglas hold nine fingers up in front of his face and then say <laughs> eight the is, a, is something that you really don't get from just hearing the audio of this. You should get the video. Oh, uh, my God. Well, hey, we can do uh, reach out to us if you want to. Hey, I'm going to put it. Actually, there's call to action. I'm going to put uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, I'll put a question built into the Spotify app. Would you like a video podcast? Uh, a, yes. B, I don't fucking care. Uh, I have no which way, whatever. I'm going to put exactly that. <laughs> All right. That's that's going to be really easy to- It's going to be nice and logical for people who haven't listened yeah. to this episode. Yeah. Thank you, Douglas. Obviously. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, well, uh, let's not go, let's not get carried away, Douglas. Let's, um, <laughs> oh, there was a, there was a, I did want to mention with the mats is that I did really pick uh, the lighting on them. Mm. They have this beautiful, like, sunset lighting that is, like, uh, so far beyond my skill, like, is impossible to even begin to- Comprehend, yeah. It's crazy. Um- mm. Like, those mats are incredible. I think- And you've also got things like the location design. You've got these three distinct locations that all feel super different, even though they're sort mm. of- oh, uh, what, what era were you looking at? It's sort of like Victorian? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's got to be the inspo. But, like, uh, Victorian, but also there's a world war going on. Like, Victorian, but also a little bit of World War One. Someone's like, what era is it set in? I'm like, it's not real life, honey. <laughs> Oh, there you uh, go. Uh, Sophie City was modelled after Colmar, France. Oh. Um, there you go. Which oh. checks out, like, a little bit of French inspo, definitely. Here we go. The Edwardian era. <laughs> Sorry, Edwardian. Oh. There you go. There you go. That is the- What's, When's the- When's the- The early when's 1900s. The Whereas the Victorians, I, I think, is the- That'd be- Well, it's, it's Queen Victoria's reign. What a terrible fucking way of, like, just- <laughs> So, it's like 1837 on to 1900. 
and then that makes sense yeah because it is yeah, it is okay. yeah it's a bit more like obviously there's all this steampunky it's type developed. stuff but yeah you've got yeah. like just like trains it's like okay mm. trains are starting to be a thing mm. but everyone still dresses like a dweeb okay that's sort yeah. of where we're sitting. <laughs> 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 but also like miyazaki does his fucking thing that he does with planes and aeronautics and yeah fucking yeah. conjures up all these kooky fucking ship designs and stuff that he just throws in there so he really one of them reminds me a lot of the dune you know the the little dune like yeah yeah it reminds me of that one of them reminds me big time of that yeah yeah the i think we've talked about this in our lapita episode like it, it's almost like he makes all the everything that's war related look inherently like grotesque but also he besides the most basic versions of it like just guys with a rifle in a military uniform he sort of like distances it from well i guess there are sort of normal tanks i think i guess that i guess that is it i don't think he's entirely trying to like distance it from like real like war imagery war. i think yeah because because yeah you've got you've got tanks and ships and blah 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 but everything is like it's a lot it's it's almost like cartoony but in like a like a horrifying way in a degree like yeah like yeah, bulging in oddly- like <laughs> polarizingly <laughs> grounded sense yeah yeah uh which is yeah it, it's I interesting mean. i mean mm. i i never i never tire of a good anti-war real real anti-war thing like mm. which which probably once again this comes up every time the 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 the, the whole anti-war film being a pro-war film thing i think <laughs> hal going around and uh fucking with some of those ships is quite fun to watch, so I guess that we're yeah. we're we're still fucked, but we're still yeah we're still pro war. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no, I I I always enjoy the the sort of anti war aspect of um, mm. Mm. House Moving Castle, and I don't know if this is in your trivia, but this was the sort of anti war uh, corner. Of this was Miyazaki being not too pleased about the Iraq War. Fair enough. Oh yes, yeah. I remembered reading about that. I have. I didn't have it in the trivia, but I do remember reading about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with uh, Star Wars sequels. <laughs> no, the prequels. Yeah. Sorry, the prequels. <laughs> the prequels are like very, very, e- very, uh, very uh, targeted. Yeah, very anti-Iraq war. And say what you want about George Lucas. I'm like, all right, sure, cool. You know what, Georgie? <laughs> that's a it's a good ang- good lens to come at it from. <laughs> Anyway, well, did you have any closing remarks before we swing off into spoilers? work. My closing remarks. <laughs> wow, was I playing Splatoon for a second there? <laughs> we, uh, yeah, no, uh, good movie. Um, I, I think, I think, and this is gonna be a hard one for you to hear, um, given that you've grown up with this. It's not my favorite Ghibli one. I think That's fine. I, I That's think fine. I enjoyed. It's both. not mine either. It's not mine okay. either. I think I enjoyed Totoro and Lapita more. Now, not Sukko- yeah, now it's like was nothing wrong. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It didn't grab me quite as much. I would much. actually, if we were talking like purely Ghibli films that we've had in the 250, so far, it goes in order of how we've watched them. But naturally, I do have a bit more of rose-colored glasses for How's Moving Castle. So it'd go uh, Castle in the Sky, then Norska, then Totoro, then How's Moving Castle. Well, Douglas, both you think that, and also the average IMDb viewer, average schmuck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so congratulations, I guess I'm the fucking, fucking dickhead, yeah, absolute sheep. <laughs> um, Douglas, uh, oh, uh, well, what do we have anything content warning in this? It's 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 like war stuff, but it's really yeah, quite yeah, quite G rated, pretty pretty um, chilled, yeah, yeah, scary scary bird. Man transformations. Yeah, there's some spooky. There's some spooky stuff. But if you know, keep that in mind. If you're showing it to like your preschooler, couple uh, of like yeah, striking little bits of imagery that like I will say actually no no I can't say that. I'm gonna wait until we say it on Spirited Away because that would be a perfect little tidbit for Spirited Away. Fuck. Okie dokie. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty. Cliffhanger. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's thankfully pretty free of that stuff. Um. Well, Douglas. Uh. Yep. In. Celebration of your sheepy, sheepy little opinions. Can we have a little sheep noise? <laughs> and that noise means that we are now in the spoiler zone. That's Welcome, right. Welcome, sheeple. We're in the spoiler zone. That's right. We are in the the point of the. We may 
spoil the plot of 2004's Howl's Moving Castle by Hayao Miyazaki. A movie. A movie. Oh shit, I gotta read out. I gotta read a review to you. I should have read. Fuck, I should have read it before the spoilers. That's all right. I'm gonna read it now. Uh, review on Letterboxd. More on Letterboxd later on in the episode. Howl screaming. The box said it would be a honey missed Auburn, Sophie. Well, honey, you missed Auburn big time. <laughs> Do you know what that's from, Jonathan? I have no idea. Sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> that is an excellent line. That is so good. <laughs> I've watched none of those oh, Nickelodeon shows except for like snatches of iCarly. That's Carly. a Disney show, you motherfucker. I, watched I mean, it could nothing. very easily be a Nickelodeon show. I've watched show, nothing so. of no, those Disney shows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they were I. They were all I watched. I had that like I was on that paid. Uh, well, you were on uh, Ostar, TV wasn't subs- it? Yeah, yeah. Paid oh. TV subscription. The the, the Fox Tell before Fox Tell. Oh, <laughs> Douglas could pay for premium television. My parents could pay for I premium television. ABC and Channel Seven. <laughs> uh, Channel Ten, I guess. Was it really uh, kids- I watched lots of like I watched what did I watch? I watched Boomerang. There was like there was a little section yeah. of the Oddstar that I would like cycle around whenever Boomerang, it was like an the worst part bored. of uh premium TV. All the uh What? Boomerang was fantastic. Didn't they have like the Flintstones and shit on it? Yeah, and like other like iconic old yeah. animated all television. The, all the uh Looney Tunes and shit like that. All the content that no longer had copyright is what was on Boomerang. Wow, you're fucking brutal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cartoon hey, Network. F- fuck Samurai you, Jack, Ritzy boy. Get out there. of my fucking- pa- <laughs> Get out of my hair. Powerpuff Girls, and then, like, Disney, and then, yeah, down the bottom was Nickelodeon, which is, yeah, Avatar, SpongeBob, et cetera, et cetera. Didn't watch a lot. I should have watched more Ren and Stimpy. I was very- Or, um, nah. what's the- The one with the cow and the chicken? That was another one that was, like, by that same kind of- that animation team, is, I'm pretty sure. too much for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very full on. And I think even as a youth, I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> All right, shut the fuck up about television. Um, sorry, sorry. My, this is my number one comment when I was writing notes. Okay. I know I was like, I, I, I always refactor my notes into a notepad because reading through the scroll on my fucking notebook is like so bad. <laughs> I feel like I don't get it, Douglas. Okay. All right. Uh, and, do you want me and, to help you get it, or are you going to tell me why you don't get it? And then do you want like do you want feedback from this, or is this just a rant? Three dot points. Go ahead. How's kind of an asshole? Yes. How's kind of a man baby? <laughs> yes. And the focus seems to be on Sophie loving him anyway. Exactly. Yes. I don't get it. <laughs> right. Totally. So I realized that watching this too, it has the Scott Pilgrim versus the World problem, where the main male character is kind of an asshole, and then the film just kind of goes, oh, well, you're so kooky, you're so fucking- you're hot, so it's fine, it's See, the whatever. Trick, the trick with Scott Pilgrim is that when you look at it from, like, an adult perspective, you're like, Ramona's oh, yeah, you're sort like, of okay. like- yeah. Ramona's her own thing, right? Like, yeah. Ramona's doing her own thing, and she's just like, I'm just gonna have sex with this random guy, and then we can hang yeah. out, I guess, uh, and yeah. see, see where it goes. Whereas Sophie's like, I love him, you don't- yeah. under- um, which also ties Despite into the, like, everything. Yeah. Well, I assume that is also, like, what makes her, like, young again, because she, like, comes in and out of that. And yeah, correct. As yeah, it yeah, starts yeah. So coming whenever- into that, you're like, what? what the fuck is happening? Yeah, whenever whenever she gets very emotional or when she is very much, like, expressing her love and everything for Hal is when she starts to, like, the spell starts to wean a little bit because um, she's a witch. The The whole bit there is that Sophie is actually a witch and whenever she's expressing her emotions and everything very strongly is when her powers are, like, shining through. Um, So that's, like, counteracting the spell that the Witch of the Waste puts on her. Oh. Is that actually- is this, like, a fan theory or that's, is this- Yeah, yeah, that's canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. That's sort of- talk, talking about that sort of reminds me of the weird thing with Turnip where they're just like, we never explained this to you. <laughs> Get by. Oh, yeah, they dropped that bomb way fucking late. <laughs> like, Sophie gives him the smooch and then he jumps out and then he's like, monologue, 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 this was I what I was doing the whole film. I'm gonna fuck off now. Bye! And you're like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That Which is a, I, yeah, yeah, okay. It is no, nice how on, the let me, film let me... drops stuff and doesn't always- It's, like, weirdly mature in that it will drop things and not explain them. And yeah. sort of sort of expect you to get them, which is but normally- then, But normally then it you're ties like, oh, everything up. Mature, but- 
Mm, it ties everything up in such a nice, neat bow that you're kind of like, oh, man, like, okay, it is a happy <laughs> ending and that's great. But I'm also like, would have mind a little bit of unresolved conflict or something there. That would have been nice. Um, no. So one thing, I'll come back to your your how being cockhead man, baby. I'm going to pin that for a moment. Just while we're talking about turnip head. The writing decision of having the central big moment, uh, girl kisses boy, not being related to the central romance is probably one of the best things of the film. Okay. As, as like a swerve left, like you would, it's, it's, it, it gives off that Disney energy a lot in the third act where, you know, everything is spiraling out and starting to all become better. And, you know, like the trees are growing, the flowers are blooming, that kind of energy. It, it it's leaning towards that like how and Sophie are gonna kiss, but it never gets that. It it's like no Turniphead's gonna get that instead, and then Turniphead gets his like his big comeuppance of like hey everything's all better with me now. Thank you so much. And the fact that that moment isn't put into the central romance just makes that it just it's such a nice little like diversion from my expectation, which I really hmm. liked. That's fun. I I, I just. Fun note. The fact that, like, no one even- unless I missed it. I don't think anyone dropped- like, it just needed a hint where it's just like, Kingdom X thinks that we stole their prince and that's why we're going to war. And then, like, that's why- like, it's just like, I'm the prince! I've been trapped in a magical <laughs> I'm the thing- reason the war has and, been then, and now we can stop the, the war! The war's over! It's <laughs> <was> like, oh! <laughs> you don't- okay. <laughs> Fuck. All right, I guess. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very like that's the yeah, yeah. So like it tying everything up in a neat bow. Like it's the yeah. whole film is kind of it's got this whole war thing raging on in the background and like you know howls amongst it and he's getting fucked up and both sides are kind of fucking up. But then the film is just like yeah, but fuck the war. The war's over now. We don't get, we're, uh, the war was a thing, but now it's not a thing. It's it, it, all wars can be tied up as neatly as kissing a turnip and turning him into a prince. <laughs> Yeah. Was this Douglas? Is I'm this, not sure that's a good message to sell. Is this Miyazaki saying that uh, war is stupid and uh, and is oh, not beneficial maybe. and can be brought down maybe. with something? As, mm, maybe this Simple is Simple as ooh. kissing a turnip. Ooh, Here's a question: Is he called turnip or turnip head in perspective? The, turnip in, head. Okay, he's just called turnip in Japanese. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so you were just fucking Gene me Simmons up, calls so. him turnip head, which I love. He's so cute. I love that. Um, I love that motherfucker. He was my profile picture for fucking ages as a kid. I love turnip head. Just Love the scarecrow. Some, yeah, some Totoro mouth. Don't know mouth. why. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very Totoro mouth, actually. Yeah, <laughs> very, very true. Uh, all right. How man, baby, cockhead. So, Calcifer is the heart. Calcifer is Hal's, like, uh... heart, right? Sophie has to win over Calcifer, and then Calcifer kind of already kind of goes on board with Sophie because she's a witch. And Hal is like, what the fuck? How could you tame Calcifer that quickly? Like, what the fuck is, what, what is special about you? And Sophie has to win Hal's heart, technically. Um, and then the the black door is kind of Hal's psyche and his, uh, you know, what's happening on behind the scenes, basically. And that's the last thing that she goes to tackle because that's usually like one of the last bits that we kind of get to in a relationship is understanding what's going on in the deep dark black um and what's going on in those kind of darker moments of someone's history or their the mind horrible nasty foot fetish that has been hidden until <laughs> four years into the relationship you're like all right i've got to tell you something that i've never told anyone else holy shit and then they open that one <laughs> that one bookmarks folder labeled taxes and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. How- fucking Sophie goes into the black door and it's just nothing but feet. It's just <laughs> all feet. <laughs> that's Sophie's like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 let me out of the castle I don't like this <laughs> <laughs> take me back to the waist um, yeah uh, and there's other I forget what it is but there are other parables like that within the story that are all about like Sophie meeting different parts of Hal's like or a man's mm. I guess uh, cognition and then learning to not tolerate it. Like, she does- She pushes Calcifer sometimes and pushes him to be like, you stop being such a fucking baby. You're fine. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but to work with it, to not, like, not be subservient of it and be like, all hail, 
but to yeah try and understand it try and comprehend it try and understand it from their perspective i guess there's a deeper meaning in that yeah it's very abstract in a way that i'm like "Eh, there are people that probably like this and it's a little Mm. bit too much for me but that's okay Uh, but there is there is uh, i I did say that uh, the film does kind of reward hal a lot for being a cockhead but there are moments in the english dub anyway where hal does kind of like he's very self-aware that he's a bit of a fucking like dropout basically as far as being a wizard goes yeah um and the 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 section where he's trying to get sophie to go off to um madame solomon and be like fucking tell tell him i don't work anymore i'm i'm so fucking shit i just couldn't even make the job interview um that that whole sequence kind of rings to me that Hal is very self-aware that he is just fucking lame and doesn't mind having that extra little bit of support and guidance from someone like Sophie. Sophie can do better, that's all I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. She's no, like, no, no. I Sophie, was never Sophie, beautiful. Sophie should have like, run off with Turnip Head. That's, I'm like, that's shut my- the, Shut the fuck up, Sophie. <laughs> shut you, fuck up. <laughs> you sexy anime bitch. <laughs> How dare you. The grey hair on young Sophie, fucking- She's working that shit. Yaza. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a silver wash. She kills I, it. I do. I do. <laughs> what did you just say? Silver wash. Oh. Like a platinum, like okay. a platinum blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you think I meant? That's not like I don't a, know. I thought, I thought you said thought like something that thing. was like- No, 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 no. I thought it was something along like a silver fox or like silver finger, <laughs> like that kind of like a- that sort of an energy. And I was like, Jonathan- <laughs> She's I do young. wonder. <laughs> I do wonder if. Oh wait, so that's why the the witch of the waste was like chasing after her, like right in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and that's why she's so fascinated with Calcifer because Calcifer is the heart. Yeah, she she wants his heart. She wants that back. Yeah. Mm. There is a there is a trivia bit in the IMDb that I'll I'll read that, and I think that might help fill sure. in the gaps of what I have missed, but yeah. Maybe I just need to watch it again. I would definitely recommend watching it again and definitely checking out the Disney dub. Yeah. Uh what what else what else did you have? I did like the the King's it's a it's a very short thing, but the King's like like childish view of the war where Yeah. It's got yeah. that clip where like he 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 got up to Solomon and is like, oh this is happening and, and he's like, oh I can't wait to get my fucking battleships out of like <laughs> fucking dweeb. Which I think is I think he's trying to say something as well. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The oh my god, the bit where Hal's disguised as the commander and yeah. then the actual commander comes in and no, he's no, like No, no, he's the king. He's the king, I think. Oh, that's the king. Oh, I think. really? I think. Ah. Oh. Wait a minute. I thought that was the commander. <laughs> Hal's moving castle king. Yeah, that's the king. Ah, oh, there you go. Holy shit. Well, that, yeah, that's- I'm assuming- Yeah, we're talking about the same scene then. Yeah. That bit is fucking fair. Whoever voices the king of the Disney dub does a fucking fantastic job because he looks over at the clone and he's like, ha ha ha, that's the best clone you've done of me yet. And then he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I, I liked- Oh, he's delightful. Just coming back to animation stuff, I- Love the amount of background, like not noise, but like um, activity in yes. this. Mm. Like, obviously, we're putting this like up against Totoro and the Totoro, yeah, yeah, which is like different setting, different vibe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, you 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 couldn't really do that with Totoro. You wouldn't want to do that with Totoro. But I was just like looking at the amount going on. I'm like, like this, like the amount of effort that has to go into, like obviously they're you know probably eight frame cycles or something. Like, as you go past and someone will be waving their hat and they'll keep waving their hat in the same way. But there's just so much going on. There's, like, scenes where there's all these, like, carts going past each other, almost in, like, a George Lucas episode four remake kind of way, where it's just, like, everything, like, crossing <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, um, Like, the amount of, like, I, I, I cannot get my head around how complicated that must be to, to direct, mm. I guess, quote-unquote, mm. something like that kind of animation. Like, that's nutso. Um... And I think that was all the sort of visual stuff. Yeah. Oh, the dog. I love the dog. <laughs> we we love a wheezing dog. <laughs> the two five zero. All that. All of the all of the like animal characters. A part of House Moving Castle are fantastic. Mm. But I mean that goes for every Studio Ghibli film. They're so good at creating lovable, simple characters uh, or animal animal characters. Yeah. I love how the dog is a little, he's a little trickster. He's a little. Yeah, he's, he's a little like, scamp. Solomon's like, what are you doing? And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I'm an asshole. <laughs> I, um, I, a friend of mine has an old, he like, his parents run a farm and they've got an old farm dog and the dog, the dog's like, it's like a big dog, you know, it's like a medium sized dog and it's like 15 or something. And it sounds like it has smoke, smokers love. So like, there's all the other dogs that are like quite young because they're actively being used as like farm dogs. And then he's like, they'll be running around chasing like, something and he'll be like trotting along. He'll be like, bah, 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 bah. Um, and on that note, oh, that's funny. Do you have any closing thoughts as well, uh, Douglas? Uh, no, no, no. I'm good. We should let's let's swing out to some trivia. Um, upon seeing Spirited Away, Christian Bale immediately agreed to play any role in this film. He didn't wow. expect to get the titular role. I mean, who else was he? There weren't very many other like guys in his age range. Yeah, in the movie. That, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would have would have been able to fit the bill. Yeah, I wonder if that last bit was a little bit of flavour added by the trivia person, or if it was actually yeah, like from an yeah. interview. Whether it's a yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Although the film was not released in the United Kingdom until the twenty third of September two thousand five, director Hayao Miyazaki personally travelled to England in the summer of two thousand four to give a private showing of the film to Diana Wynne Jones. Oh, oh, that's nice. That's very nice. Mm. To be like, this is what we did with the thing you made. Here yeah, you go. Very beautiful. I mean, you got her. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually. Uh, 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 Go ahead. Talking about that because it's a book. I di- I have a note here. I just wrote straight over it when I was like looking at my final closing notes. I like the classic fairy tale rules, you know, where she's like, "Yeah, I'm casting yeah. a spell where you're old and you can't tell him." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, you know. I don't feel like you don't and see that kind that of stuff. And the thing that she finds in her dress and she puts on the table and it like it goes, it like immolates the table. That's, and then that's see, that and almost feels like a bit more like modern anime. Like, that seems like something that would be in, like, Fullmetal Alchemist or something, where it's just like, yeah, hey, you're mm. old, suck shit. <laughs> My uh, goop men are going to take me ass. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Thank those, you, Diana. Yeah, those flavours to the story do- Which I assume um, is something that came from the book, not from the mind of me. Although I, I the gather main, it is- It's the main bit of- It's the main problem of the well, film. Well, you're so, correct. Yeah. You might be yeah. correct. Yeah. Fuck me dead if I would not be showing this. I would not be personally traveling to England to show the author of the film what I did with their work if I was changing it that fucking much. Apparently, apparently like, it's a fair spin. Uh, so we'll invite you to a screening when it comes out, I guess. <laughs> like, apparently the Witch of the Waste is like the main antagonist of the book. Like, whereas in, yes. yeah. as in, in the film, she sort of deflated as an antagonist Takes a bit of a pretty quickly. Seat. Yeah. Yeah, mm. um, but also Ghibli are quite good with, especially this era of their filmography. They love setting up characters as the big bad and then kind of going, oh, no, 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 no. And then reframing your perspective on them and going, oh, they're actually kind of sweet. They're actually, they're actually kind of nice. And <laughs> you know what? Being old ain't that scary a thing. It's all about perspective, you know? It's all yeah. about just- uh, it's it's nothing to be fearful of. It is an eventuality, but it's just like a yeah. It's a thing that if you approach it from the right perspective, you can still find fun in it. So yeah. <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki and Lauren Bacall, who voices the Witch of the Waste in the English dub, are both longtime fans of each other's work. They met at a subtitled screening in New York, and reportedly Bacall jokingly asked Miyazaki if he was married. <laughs> <laughs> Was he married? Good on you, McCall. Yeah, fucking get in. Oh, I don't know. I assume so. Miyazaki seems like the kind of gentleman who would uh, settle down, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like Miyazaki absolutely smashes he puss. smashes. No question. And or sucks me? a mean dick. I don't know which way he swings, <laughs> but- uh, Let me see. Oh, okay. Yep. He would have been very- He is very, very happily married for the past 60-odd years. All so, right. Damn. Oh, Miyazaki would have been so cute handling that, though. He would have been like, uh, yes. Hi. Yeah, hi. It would have been like a little, like, nervous little giggle and then, uh, hi. <laughs> Thank you for your, uh, that was your Hayao Miyazaki impersonation, everyone. Thank you so much. This uh, is your oh, you can- 250 Japanese lessons. There's-, <laughs> There's merchandise in the foyer. Make sure you grab some of that on the way out. 
In the novel, Sophie actually has two sisters. The second is named Martha, who was sent to be a witch's apprentice, but finds a spell to change her appearance and switch with Letty so that she can work in the bakery instead. So when Sophie goes to see Letty at the beginning of the film, it should have actually been Martha in disguise. Martha is also the character that Markle falls in love with in the book. In the film, Martha is mentioned by the shop girls, saying that Hal ate Martha's heart, but not presented as Sophie's sister. Markle, is Markle older in the book? Markle's the, yeah, yeah, I'm assuming Markle's <laughs> aged up a little bit. I yeah, fucking he's hope like, so in the book. He's like eight. Or aged down, <laughs> rather, in the, in the film, yeah. In the novel, the film is based on the Black Door is actually a portal to Hal's homeland, which is in Wales in our current time and dimension. And also, Christian Bale is from Wales. <laughs> wow, there you go. Christian Bale That's from Wales. That's so fucking funny Bale to me. Is, wait, so is the rest of the book set in like a fantasy land? And in there's Wales? Like, and there's like, Wales. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's over in Wales. <laughs> the land of I the very so. long uh, uh, location names. <laughs> well, uh, Diana, Diana Wynne-Jones is Welsh. Okay. So- yeah, I'm assuming that would be why, you know, you write about what you know, I guess. So, Sophie is established as a witch who can talk life into things in the book, while in the movie it is left up to the viewer to realise this. Some of the moments that make her powers obvious are when Sophie rescues the Scarecrow and he gets deeply attached to her, as well as when her hair gives Calcifer extraordinary strength, even while Hal is absent. Calcifer repeatedly singles her out, confirming that only if it is her performing the action will he be able to live on and Hal will be able to accept his heart back. Sophie is also able to keep Hal's heart and Calcifer alive through her inherent powers. Sophie, being a witch, also has significant power over the witch's curse, only she doesn't know about it. In her sleep, while she is dreaming and during deeply, deeply emotional moments, when, when she is upset or happy and completely in love with Hal, she turns back into a younger self, being able to undo the curse by accepting and and embracing herself, giving into her own powers. Interesting. Mm. That's uh, yeah. Okay, sure. I don't, mm. I don't, look. I don't come to Ghibli films to think that hard. I, the thing I like about <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing I like it's, about Ghibli like, films also, is also, the point also, is, also, also, it's okay. because it's adapted from a book. You know, yeah, like yeah, Ghibli don't adapt books all the damn time. This is one of the rare cases where Miyazaki was like, "Yep." That's going on the screen. Um, I don't think he, correct me if I'm wrong, Ghibli fans of the 250, but I don't think he's adapted any other uh, novels or anything like that. Who knows? We might find one. Well. Uh, plenty of symbols and metaphors that are in uh, this film. The castle is representative of Hal himself, a highly powerful yet disorganized mess with a lot of baggage. The black gateway on the portal and dial is the way to Hal's psyche and unconscious, which he keeps himself immersed in. Calcifer the fire is, of course, the heart, quite literally. Markle could be understood as the innocent childlike part of Hal. Sophie starts by organizing things in the castle, wins over Markle as well as Calcifer, and at the end she is able to help Hal by finding Finally, uh, finally, when the ring Hal gave her leads her to his innermost self, the black gateway on the dial. She visits his past and finally is able to help him, help him reconcile his past, his feelings and his heart to his present state. Yeah. <laughs> John, again, I don't fucking care. It's too deep. Shut nah, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that's, I think that's nice. I think that's... Yeah, it's cool. Mm. Very fairy tale, mm. once again, in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very fairy tale, but also like a a tale of acceptance, I think, and trying to understand and comprehend rather than being like, You're a fucking baby. What shut the fuck up. What's what's wrong with you? There's a there's a level of Sophie's trying to actually go like, Okay, but why? What's actually going on here? So Psychoanalyze that bitch. Absolutely. Fucking put that man in one of those like big old therapist lounges and be like, so start from the beginning. <laughs> a chaise, Douglas. A chaise long. Oh, is that what it's- well, yeah. Of course you'd fucking know. That's all the trivia I've got for today, Jonathan. You can fuck right off to the My outro. bit of trivia <laughs> is that it's a chaise long. <laughs> one of those lying. It's spelled C-H-A-I-S-E-L-O-N-G-U-G-U. It looks like chase lounge, but it is not. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Yep. If you enjoy chasing those lounges because you're <laughs> a sleepy little guy, uh, we put out <laughs> that there's no connection there. We put out nah. new episodes of the podcast every <laughs> every week, Tuesday nice midnight, Australian Eastern Standard Time, which comes out to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Douglas, what people go if they want more info on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> if you want more info on the podcast, God, <laughs> really running off of all. <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking all <laughs> cylinders tonight. Uh, you can open up your favorite web browser and type in 250.com. That's T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H.com. Uh, we've got a full list on the homepage there of all the films that we've watched for the 250 as well as any other films that are coming up. There's a link to our Instagram page there, which is uh, at 250pod. That's... 250 and then P-O-D on the end of it. Um, there's a link to listen to us on Apple, a link to listen to us on Spotify, and then a link to drop us an email as well if you'd like to get in touch. But you can also, if you want like a more direct and accessible form of uh, getting in contact, you can also just reach out to us on Instagram. Douglas and I both used Letterboxd, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website. There we are. <laughs> just great big fans of Douglas. <laughs> What's just the called? biggest fans of. Uh, <laughs> my account on Letterboxd is Upa, that is U-U-U-P-A-H, and Douglas. No, my account is Yenzo Knight, I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T, Yenzo Knight. You can look up Yenzo Knight 250 or Upa in the Letterboxd. I've said that wrong. That, I've never said that before. That felt weird. You can look those up in the Letterboxd search engine and you'll find us. We do written reviews of all the films we talk about here on the 250, as well as anything else that we watch in our spare time. Both Jonathan and I have now officially consumed the media cyberpunk edge runners that's right we watched the cyberpunk i mean jonathan jonathan's watched it since last week but like i've i've finally bit the bullet and watched the rest of it yeah i think uh uh uh, maybe mild spoil do we want to talk about this in like any kind of yeah yeah not like we won't go too deep because it's the end of the the uh, spoilers spoilers for cyberpunk edge runners i guess i guess the no uh, that it's good i enjoyed it it was very it was was good very fucking like amazingly talented studio trigger have such a fucking vision um and i think this may very well be the piece of media that single-handedly fucking revives cyberpunk 2077's dead emaciated corpse yeah, so yeah. fly ridden yeah bloated uh, fucking corpse <laughs> yeah yeah um there's a new major update coming out soon for those cyberpunk players no uh, yeah, yeah I, I recommend it and and i recommend everything by studio triggered because they're great they are yeah kill a kill fucking iconic. they are excellent Little uh, Witch academia amazing uh can you douglas can you take the spoiler siren before and uh make it loud <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cyberpunk is a funny one because now that- have you, Did you end up finishing the game, Douglas? No. No, I haven't I haven't even touched the game. Like, I literally- I got past, like, the what would be the intro of the game. Mm. Realized that I probably want to try and experience it in the same way that I experienced The Witcher 3, which is to say I experienced it in its best state, <laughs> which was at the end of its lifespan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, once all the, once all the updates and fixes are coming. All that hot DLC came out, all those updates. Yeah, it was great. I loved The Witcher 3 because I'd waited until then. What kind of experience do you have with like other cyberpunk media? You haven't read like Neuromancer. I haven't read like any, yeah, no, I haven't read any. Blade Runner, I guess, is a pretty big one. Yeah, Blade Runner. um, Blade Runner is more of a world building thing than sort of like, there are. I just I just bought Snow Crash actually for those for ah, those acquainted with Cyberpunk those are your, those are the sort of the two like classic 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 Cyberpunk works of fiction Neuromancer and Snow Crash why are you shaking your head at me fucking tough for those who are in on the on the Cyberpunk my, scene <laughs> I need to have my one thing okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read it <laughs> I just bought it like I haven't read it yeah I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. sci-fi's Five, and if you enjoy sci-fi's and you end up bouncing around that corner of the world pretty easily there is sort of a problem with them in that this is not universal but by and large the problem with like actually i think no a lot of cyberpunks are pretty good with this but you do end up like leaning on like capitalism is bad and um yeah and corporate corporations are bad and like not helpful to the human race and stuff and the other problem that cyberpunk as in the the world based on the Mm. the TTRPG, which, by the way, mm. great job getting that name because you've completely just fucked up everyone else's SEO. Um, <laughs> the problem is with that is that it's sort of baked into the world that it never ends well, right? Like, yes, yeah, th- yeah. That, that you is- know that nothing is ever going to end well because that's that's the whole shtick that the the guy who created it started out with. Yeah, yeah all the cyberpunks they don't want to like have a great, you know make a million dollars and then retire they live want, a good life yeah. they want to they want to no they don't want to live a good life douglas live they want to fucking fu- yeah no 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 i'm yeah I was they want to die sentence. in a way yeah. that makes them be remembered right remembered and, yeah you want to leave your as footprint. soon as you i think that sort of works for the tabletop role-playing game because 
it it's good for that kind of system where you're like, okay, well- You want your character to be remembered and you yeah. don't have such an attachment to them in a visual sense that you're like, why oh, they die, that's no fucking biggie, I guess. I could always make another character. Yeah. Tabletop role-playing games are like fun when the threat of absolute failure is like completely on the table. I think a lot of it's, things like- yeah. mo- mo- Most people play Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of game. They're like, well, I don't want my character to die. I had a huge fight with a fucking friend where like- Where like- <laughs> Uh, two of our characters died in like completely reasonable situations we fought a massive dude and we all got our fucking asses kicked and two of us beefed it like it totally made sense and they were like man my character and i'm like it's not real we're making a story up anyway um cyberpunk has that built in and for a role-playing game it's great for like a general prop like media property i don't think it's it sort of means that you you get this and uh, you know you also see this coming from a mile away this sort of fatalistic thing it's sort of it's almost like not the most fun to watch where you're just like okay well he's gonna like i was very depressed i as i said uh last week i I I cried in the i cried in the final episode so yeah that that happens very infrequently we watched some very sad movies i haven't cried so I'm like, yep. it got you. Yeah. Rebecca. I, I just, yeah, I think because you're so desperate to see them happy. You you know that yeah. they are both good people in like Lucy and uh, David Double are both door. good people um, deep down and you want them to live that good life. You can, you can envision that life for them together on the moon and, you know, um, enjoying one another's company. But the, the harsh reality of Night City and cyberpunk, you know, has to come back. But yeah, I, episode six was where shit took that fucking yeah. hard left and it just the pace, the tone, everything changes. And it's the hardest slap in the face, which is obviously very intentional. But and I'm usually up for that. I'm usually up for things like that. But I think where my brain draws the line is where it comes to a romantic sense. And when it comes to like these two people are very much in love, they want to be together, but just the life and the circumstances that they're in mean that they're both gonna die. Um and that kind of inevitable well, it worked out for Lucy. So, sort of. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The inevitability well, of that is just very depressing to me. Sorry, I had this conversation with a friend yesterday actually, where it's just like, yeah, it works out for Lucy. It's like, well, she doesn't die. So I guess yeah, it, yeah. I guess it works out in that way. But probably has PTSD and major depression, but like, hey, it's well, all right. She, you at know? least she survived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Fuck. I think Studio Trigger was a great choice for this as well because oh perfect choice because number one I mean just across the board they're great animators and character designers mm. but also mm. there's this concept of the like cyber psychosis which in and of itself oh, is like so a little cool. it's a little ableist but we'll let other people talk yeah, about that yeah well yeah I yeah. forget someone someone talked about that it might have been H bomber guy had a video about I think Deus Ex but it's this sort of People who write cyberpunk media sometimes like to write about uh, prosthetics and, and, and like, body modification and transhumanism as a concept. But then they make it, like, a dehumanizing thing or- mm. and, and it's like, we already have people with prosthetics who and, have prosthetic like, limbs. like yeah, entry-level yeah, equivalents to, like, transhumanist concepts. It's like, let's not be, like, saying, like- well, if you get too many you robotic arms human. and legs, yeah. then you go crazy. You're going to go like, fucking bonkers. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That one is, um, mm. That's that a tough aside, conversation. as a, mm. as a story plot piece thing, it's, it's quite cool. And I think the way it's Geotrigger does it is really, really neat. And like, mm. I, I, I don't know how other, I think other, like, that would be really interesting to see a bunch of different studios approach that. But yeah, Trigger does to a see great how, job with it. Yeah, studio like the one behind Attack on Titan. Like, how would they yeah. approach that kind of a uh, imagery? Snorry, yeah. Lots yeah. of snorry cams, I think, a lot of the other- uh- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely had um, I Really Want to Stay at Your House by- Rosa Walton and Hallie Coggins on fucking repeat uh, ever since I've finished it. Is that the closing one or the opener? That's the that's the closing one where it's the, you know, uh, where Lucy and David are saying their goodbyes and it plays when they're on the moon and stuff like uh. that. And it's it's like the track. Yeah, I've had that on fucking repeat because it's still just, it just, I like, my brain loves sitting in that sadness and it's like, hey, think about that some more, you dickhead. <laughs> I did like uh, this f- 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 fire. 
by Franz Ferdinand Douglas. Oh yeah, yeah, that good grew track on too. me. I didn't like mm. it originally, but mm. Uh, mm. yeah, hot tip about I think we talked about about this before. Like a lot of anime will use very conventional songs as their like yeah, openers that, and closers, really- and you don't always realize it. Bit polarizing, I will say, but I think, yeah, when I realized that it's not just Cyberpunk Edge Runners that does that, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, what's one? Mm. Uh, JoJo does it a lot, and yes. um, Fire Force, I think their like second mm. arc of season one uses an English song, and you, you're just like, Whoa. there you go. But it's cool. Yeah, I, you, yeah. you like no, it's sick. It works perfectly for the yeah. for the intent. Yeah, I mean, just like lyrically, it like makes sense. But yeah, it's uh, no, perfect. yeah, a, a yeah. very enjoyable experience. And it's all it's all music from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven as well, which is also like you know, nice yeah, that was yeah. I, I so I I recognize so much of that, and they also use a lot of the the like cl- not not just like locations from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but like important locations. Like there's two mm. people at a diner at some point, and it's the diner where you first like wake up and you're talking to Johnny Silverhand and I'm like there are other diners in night it's a big <laughs> in place night city yeah yeah <laughs> but okay uh they just like to give that little tip of the cap I guess cuz you know CD Project Red is basically funding the whole fucking thing they've got to kind yeah, of yeah. keep which that is so tip funny that they've there. sort of become the the de facto on this property where oh, like yeah cyberpunk they've got yeah. licensed mm. But I, I mean, I wonder how much control they have. Anyway, yeah, or for how long? Yeah, how mm. long are we going to be seeing CD Projekt Red doing stuff with the uh, the the license? Yeah, um, I've also been watching Spy X Family. I picked it up again. It's great. I love it. Um, Anya's the best. Uh, you're always hot, and Lloyd is also hot. So it's great. It's good times. I love the I love the push and pull that they have as characters. I'm really mm. enjoying that as the series continues to go on. Um and also all the stupidity and hilarity that ensues. It's all fantastic. Yeah. It's got some very interesting kind of human condition commentary, which I really like. What are what are the shit is triggered on? Not, I, not I should know this. Studio trigger. Because obviously Killer Kill is the one to recommend. And Killer Kill is the yeah, 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 the main one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Little Witch Academia? Have you seen that? Yeah, not all of it. Um but yeah. Very cute. Very uh, I watched BNA, Brand New Animal, recently. That was funny, actually. Oh, fuck, they're doing the Delicious in Dungeon 1. Okay. Oh, I'm going to shit my pants. All right. When's um, that Chainsaw Man anime coming out? That's the one that you're really shitting your pants yeah. over. Yeah. You should read Chainsaw Man. Uh, that is a great manga. And I, I read the whole thing in a day and a half. It's yeah. 100 chapters. And I read the whole thing in a day and a half because I was so Jonathan, fucking grabbing. Jonathan came to me like he was wiping the fucking cocaine <laughs> away from his nose. He was like... <laughs> You're gonna fucking read Chainsaw Man, man. Yeah, it's, that's very good. I mean, uh, uh, let's let's not dive too hard. Into- oh, I didn't know Darling the Franks was them as well. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, conversation for another podcast, Jonathan. Yeah, uh, the two five zero anime spin off podcast that will be m- <laughs> even less fun than the original. <laughs> It's time to do the top 250 TV shows next. Oh, <laughs> Let's fuck fucking me. go. Holy shit. That would be an even larger task than this. Fuck me dead. That would mm. be way too big. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to the 250. We will see you next week for Some Like It Hot 1959 uh, comedy. Douglas, do you know who likes a hot? Marilyn Monroe. I was just going to say some. Me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you. No, that's it. No, you don't get to recover this bit. We're leaving. The, the bit's still going, baby. Until- the podcast is done. I've cut you off. Jonathan Jonathan is still speaking and he's trying to recover it, but I've completely... He's, you, you can't hear him anymore. He's just coughing now.